How many are excited to hear the word this morning? Yeah. Amen. Amen. God is good. I believe God has a word for each and every one of us, myself included. I've said this many times. There's a lot of times when God gives me a word. It's not just for the people I'm speaking to, but oftentimes it's a challenge even for myself and for those that have ever had to share with somebody or speak to somebody or give a devotion or a lesson of some sort. You often find that maybe in your own lessons and in your own messages, it's like, huh, this is something in an area I need to work in as well. And how many know we're just, we're called to grow together, amen? So I'm just the willing vessel being used by God to bring the message this morning, but some of this is just as much for me as it is for you. But this morning, um, we finished up the fruit of the Spirit last week. We're still on the Holy Spirit, because how many believe that the Holy Spirit doesn't stop just because we stopped the fruit of the Spirit, amen? You know, there's still things that we're going to discuss, still things we're going to talk about, but I really felt that the Holy Spirit put in my heart this week and in my spirit this week to title my message, Don't Limit God. And this is something that has really been stirring within me because I really feel like sometimes we feel like we get to this certain point and we feel like that's all that God's going to do or, or that's all God can do or we base what's going to happen off what we've already experienced or what we've already heard. But I, I really believe that God wants me to tell you this morning, do not limit me. And if you leave this place with anything this morning, and if all you leave with is just this title, uh, I'll be happy. If you continually remind yourself, don't limit God. So if you have your Bible, we're gonna, you can turn to where that scripture reference is on the screen, Psalm 78, 41 through 43, but we're not going to read it just yet. So we're talking about do not limit God. What does limit mean? Okay, many people know. We're just going to give a little definition to put it more in perspective. Limit means to restrict. Can I tell you this morning, I believe the people of God can restrict or limit what God wants to do. Well, how can we limit what God wants to do? We're going to get there. But to limit means to restrict. It means to confine, to keep within a designated area. Can I tell you this? There's too many people that keep God here. They limit God here and they do nothing out there. But we're not called to hold him back. We're not called to fence him in. We're not called to bind him. There are many types of limits in life for some people. Speeding limits. Everybody I know abides by those. There's spending limits for some people. There's earning limits. There's noise limits. Eating limits. There's all kinds of limits you can put on people. And some of you have limits yourself. But I am thankful that we serve a God that has no limits. I'm thankful that we serve a God where His power and His ability are limitless. There is nothing that our God cannot do. Look, if I'm, listen, I'm just going to warn you right now. I don't care if I'm the only one that gets excited in this room today. I'm going to preach this with excitement. Whether you want to sit there like you're dull or whatever you want to do, I'm getting excited today, okay? Because we serve a God that nothing is too hard for Him. Well, pastor, look at our nation. Nothing is too hard for God. Can somebody say amen? It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what the world's going through. It doesn't matter what you know somebody else is going through. We serve a God that's limitless. There is nothing He cannot do. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, and He is completely capable. Complete. I like that word, completely. No holding back. He is completely capable capable. He's a God whose power and ability and love knows no limits. 
Yet even though we know this, right? How many know this? You say, Pastor John, I agree with this. I agree that his love and his ability and his power has no limits. I agree with this. But even though we agree with it and we often declare it, we tend to limit the power of God. What area in your life right now are you limiting God? You're saying, I know he did this, but I don't think he can do that. Now, if we read Psalm 78, I want to challenge you. I want you to go home and I want you to read this whole chapter because I'm not reading this whole chapter. I'm reading this portion of scripture here, these three verses. But I want to challenge you to go home and you'll understand what I'm talking about when you read the whole chapter here. But in Psalm 78, verse 41 through 43, it says, Again and again they put God to the test. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power the day He redeemed them from the oppressor. The day He displayed His signs in Egypt, His wonders in the region of Zoan. So what is this saying here? If you study before this, God had done multiple things over and over and over and over again. Israel was guilty of diminishing their expectations of our unlimited God. They had put God in a box. Well, pastor, how'd they put God in a box? By failing to remember. I think one of the problems in the church is we fail to remember. And I'm always reminded of David when he defeated Goliath. What did he say? He remembered. He said, the same God that helped me defeat the lion. And the same God that helped me defeat the bear, he remembered. And then he, because he remembered, he said, he's the same God Amen. that's going to help me defeat this giant today. Amen. We put God in a box by failing to remember and re- rely upon his limitless power and ability. They did that here in scripture. And sadly, we do the same thing at times. Sometimes we... Limit God. How many can be honest enough to admit that there has been times, maybe it was this week, maybe it was last week, but there's been times where you have said, man, God, I don't know if you can pull this one off. I I don't know if this is, God, I mean, if you do it, great. If, if, if you do it, great. But I, I just don't see it happening. Why? Because we get so focused on the natural and we get so focused on what we see. And I've driven it home and home and home again that every time we fall into that trap, we need to remind ourselves, we don't walk by what we see, we walk by faith. Amen. God wants us to take the limits off and believe Him for the impossible in our lives. I think it's time that some of us sitting in the church world today stop being content with where you are. Stop being content with your situation. Stop being content with your circumstance. And understand, I am not staying here. God is not going to leave me here. He doesn't leave me how He found me. He's going to continually take me from glory to glory to glory as I trust in the mighty hand of Jesus. Nothing's impossible. God wants us to take the limits off and believe Him for the impossible in our lives and in our families. Look, some of you are going through some family crisis, family situations... God is bigger. Amen, pastor. That's awesome preaching. Hallelujah. God is bigger. Let me tell you. Look, listen to me now. Listen to me. You need to understand that there's nothing that you're going through right now that is too big or too hard for God. 
But we allow the enemy to get in and say, God's not going to fix that. So-and-so, that's not going to work out for you. There's no way that's going to happen. And how many have fallen into that trap of actually believing there's just no way? But I'm thankful I serve a God that makes a way where there seems to be no way. And He's always making a way for His people. There's an old song we used to sing growing up in church. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Draw me closer to his side. With each new day and something, 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 he will make a way. I don't remember it all, but that was close enough. But these songs that we used to sing growing up, it's like, man, looking back now, it's like I didn't appreciate him then, but it's looking back now, I appreciate him now. He'll do the impossible in your life, in your family's life, even in your workplace. Look, your workplace right now, you might see, feel like, man, this is, this is a lost cause. There's no way this is going to work out. I, there's no way I'm going to reach so-and-so. This is impossible. Let me tell you what. God will also use you to do the impossible. In your workplace, let me tell you this, even in our church. Because if you don't believe it for the church, you definitely won't be able to believe it for other things. Why? Because the church is you. I want you to understand this. We gather together to worship the Lord. But when you leave here, you're going out and representing Jesus. You are the church of Jesus Christ. He'll do the impossible in our church. And let me tell you what. For those that haven't been here very long, I will tell you right now. He's already done things in this church that I myself honestly have said at one time, I don't see it happening. I'll be the first to admit it to you. I'll be the first one to be honest and say there were times when I first started that it's like, I do not see this happening. This is impossible. But God made the impossible possible. Why? Because even though you might have those moments of, well, I don't know, you can come back from that and say, I don't know, but God knows. I don't have the answers, but God has the answers. And when you trust in Him, He will do the miraculous in your life. But how do we limit God? How do we limit God? Let's look at number one. How do we limit God? Number one is doubt. So I want you to understand, you have... I hate to use this term because I don't want you to take it the wrong way, but... You have a little bit of a control here. You have a little bit of, okay, am I going to allow this or not allow this? You have the ability to make your own choice and say, I'm going to trust in God or I'm not going to trust in God. We have what some people don't like to call uh, responsibility. Right? We have a responsibility when things come up in our lives to say, I'm going to trust God or I'm going to doubt God. But we limit God when we doubt. Let's read James chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. It says, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Such a person... No, sorry, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Can I tell you what? In the world we're living in right now, we don't need a church full of double-minded. We have too many double-minded, 
But I believe God can take your double mind and put it one mind focused on trusting in Jesus. Israel was always murmuring and always doubting, always complaining. Now, I know we ain't got anybody here that ever falls into that trap. And nobody here has ever complained or, you know, or, or just wondered why God or this, that, or the other. But these people, they were complainers, okay? Always doubting. Where do we find this? They said, sure, he made a way for us through the Red Sea. Like I said, read this whole chapter. He made a way through the Red Sea, but can God actually give us bread? God gave them bread. But can God give us water? They asked, and God gave them water from a rock of all places. Right? Okay, that was cool and all, right? That, that's awesome. But, but can God give us meat? And he gave them meat, special delivery from the sky. Can somebody say amen? He did it in a miraculous way. Amen. Right? Okay, God, that, that's awesome and all, but can he deliver us from our enemies? And repeatedly, God provided and delivered in every area. Can I tell you this right now? If you trust in God, I don't know what each and every person here is going through, what you need or what you're lacking, but as you trust in God, I truly am a firm believer that God will provide for every area of your life. God provided and delivered in every area, yet the people, ready? They still spent 40 years walking around saying, Can God? Can God? Now the problem is, is they were walking around 40 years saying it then, but we're all these years later still saying the very same thing. After everything he's done, after everything he's brought us through, can God? Can God? Sometimes we pray for healing. You might be somebody that says, well, I never say can God. You might not actually come out and say it, but there's different types of people in the church and, and sometimes people pray for healing and in your mind you're thinking, won't happen for me. Sometimes we pray for revival and tell ourselves it won't happen around here. Sometimes we pray and, and hope that God will do great things and yet we're not really expecting Him to. We know that God can do the impossible, but we don't believe it's truly possible. This is the problem in the church. We come to church and we worship like nothing's impossible for God. And we're all excited because it's so easy to be in the house of the Lord with other believers and worship and be on fire and like, yeah, God can do it. We're singing about it. We're worshiping about it. We're shouting amen. We're shouting hallelujah. But then when we leave, we forget that the God that makes the impossible possible, we forget that he's still working. I want to encourage you with this. We may not know how God will act, but we must not doubt that he will. Because how many here firsthand can honestly admit, man, I didn't know how it was going to happen, but it did. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but it did. We don't always know the answer. We don't always see the end result. We, we don't always know what the process is going to be. But we must trust that the end result is always going to be God is taking care of this. God is working it all out. Why? Because our God is power. And our God's power and ability is limitless and we ought to be saying, God can. Not like the, them walking around for 40 years saying, can God? 
You need to walk around and say, God can. God can. He has and He will. Some of you just need to start walking around like you've already got it even though you don't. He is the one who still makes the impossible entirely possible. So we limit God by our doubt. Ready? This is, this is an easy one for you to chew on. We also limit God by our disobedience. Can I tell you this? You can stop the hand of God working in your life. Because I've said it before and I'll say it again. God does not and will not honor disobedience. Look, we live in a culture today where everything's okay. We live in a culture today where sin is barely talked about. Where right and wrong is barely talked about. We live in a culture today where everything seems to be permissible. We live in a culture today where, oh, that's okay, shake it off. Grace covers it. You can do it. Grace covers it. And I am so saddened and sick, sickening by the thought of the way our world is going in regards to everything's okay. When God's word clearly tells us what is right and what is wrong. Well, Pastor John, how do you feel about this? Well, what does God's word say about it? I'm so tired of people coming to people and saying, hey, well, what is your, what, what, what is your thoughts on this? Or do you think this is right or do you think it's wrong? But yet you turn them to the Bible where it clearly says, this is wrong. Well, well, the context or the culture of that day, and they're trying to beat around the bush of, of why, that isn't wrong anymore. This, that, that's the garbage we're in right now. And now we've got pastors behind pulpits and people running different ministries that are, are so full, uh, filling people's heads with, with garbage and stuff that, that's not helping them. It's destroying, destroying them. And we're teaching people nowadays that disobedience is fine because God is love and, and, and God's grace is there. I believe in God's love and I believe in God's grace. But His love and His grace is going to teach you to walk in obedience to what the Word says. Grace will give you the ability to say no and walk in obedience. Well, Pastor John, where do you get this that disobedience will, will hinder, uh, the, uh, will limit God in our life? Well, if you go to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9, it says, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. Let me read that again. If anyone turns a deaf ear, just in case you didn't hear it the first time, okay? If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, where's his instruction? It's found in the Word of God. And we can take this a little further. And Scripture also says we're called to be not just hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. That means once you hear it, you don't just sit around and do nothing. You don't hear it and say, okay, well, I heard it, but I'm just going to stay where I am because that's what makes me comfortable. You're not called to be comfortable. You're called to hear the Word, do what it says, and become who God wants you to be. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. And so many times we often say, well, I prayed for it, but evidently it's not the will of God for my life. Which I believe this is the case in some areas, don't get me wrong. But I think sometimes we should probably check ourselves, which we don't like to do, and maybe say, is there something in me or is there a reason why this prayer is not being heard and not being answered? 
Am I not living according to God's word? Because how can God bless and answer prayers in our life if we're not living according to the way he wants us to live? Now if you read John chapter 15 verse 7, it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But I love that it starts with the word if. This is where a lot of people skip over because they don't like this part. But right here, this word if actually says you have a choice to make. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, let me clarify. If you don't agree with this, that's completely fine. I got the microphone. But when it says ask whatever you wish, you need to really truly make sure that you're spending time with God to know the will of God. Because no matter how much you ask for something and how much you think saying in Jesus' name is some type of magic formula... No matter how many times you ask, if it's not in the will of God, He's not going to give you something that's not in His will for your life. So Pastor John, how do I know what to ask for? Spend time with the one you're asking. And He'll show you what His will is for your life. And when you know the will of God, you know what to pray for. That was just a side note, okay? 1 John chapter 3. Verse 21 through 22 says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask. We'd love to stop there, right? Because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. So we have doubt. We have disobedience that that limits God. What else limits God? Number three, failure to ask. Well, God already knows, Pastor. God already knows. I'm always told that God already knows what I need. I I think I know God already knows what you need, but I think sometimes he's wondering if you truly want a relationship with him. And he might already know what you need, but he's waiting for you to show trust in him by asking him what you need. We limit God by failure to ask. If you read James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Now, if you read Matthew chapter 7, Verse 7 through 8, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So again, where are we getting at? God wants us to take the limits off. Hun, if you want to come back, I'm already just about done. Doesn't have to be eternal to be divine, amen? Amen. But don't think it'll always be this short. (laughs) God wants us to take the limits off. 
and believe him for the impossible in our lives. How many here can honestly be honest enough to say, Pastor, I have a situation in my life that right now seems impossible. I want, to, I want you to raise your hand if that's you. I see those hands. I have a situation in my life right now that seems impossible. Nothing is impossible with God on your side. I said it last week, I'll say it again. Nothing is impossible when you're on the winning side. You are on the winning side. Man, that's been in my head so much for two weeks, I think a series is coming down the road. You're on the winning side. We need to remember this. Can I tell somebody this morning who needs to hear this? And I don't know why, because I normally don't say stuff like this. You're not a loser. I really believe that God wants me to tell that to somebody this morning. You are not a loser. I don't know who it's for. You're not a loser, you're a winner. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and he's living on the side of you, you're a winner. Why? Because scripture says we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. We're more than conquerors. You're not a loser. You're not even just a conqueror. It's pretty nice to be a conqueror, right? But you're not even just a conqueror. It says you're more than that. You're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. You're not a loser. You're not junk. I want to tell you this morning, you're here for such a time as this. You were created for such a time as this. You were not created by God to sit on the sideline and think that you're not good enough or you're not worthy enough or you don't have anything to offer. If God created you, you have everything to offer when He is living on the inside of you to bring to this lost and dying world. So stop thinking of yourself as I'm nothing. Because you know what? When you think of yourself as you're nothing, you're limiting God. When you say, Pastor John, I'm a loser, you're limiting God. Why? Because God doesn't make losers. He doesn't. You're a conqueror. Well, Pastor John, I don't have many friends. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Pastor John, I don't like what other people say about me. Let me tell you what. You need to stop listening to the bull crap that people are putting into your head. And you need to start listening to what God's word says about you and who God says that you are. Stop limiting God because of what people are labeling you as. You're not defined by the world's label. You're defined by the word of God. You're not defined by your past. Your future is so much greater. Stop limiting God. Start listening to what God says. Not what so-and-so says. Pastor John, I had so many negative things spoken over me growing up. Well, I can tell you what, when you become a child of God, I believe God can break any of those negative things that are around you and break those chains of those negative talk, people that called you names or people said that you wouldn't mount anything. Why? Because when you gave your life to the Lord, all old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You're a new creation and you can walk knowing it doesn't matter what people say. I am who he says I am. I'm a child of God. Let's get back to my message here. 
don't limit what God can do to only what you've already experienced or what you've already heard. I've heard firsthand people say, Pastor, man, guess what I experienced in 2003? Great. What about 2022? Pastor John, I remember when I was a kid and, and the Lord got a hold of me. Well, did he let go or something? Like you should still be even more on fire today than you were when you got, he got a hold of you back then. We limit God oftentimes on what we've already seen, what we already know, and what we've already experienced. Let me tell you this. What you've experienced before, I believe God wants you to experience even greater now. Don't limit Him. Well, Pastor John, I don't know how it can get any better than what I've already experienced. It can get better. And it can be greater. And it can be things that you've never seen or experienced. So take the limits off. Expect. I believe God honors a heart of expectancy. Like when you come through these church doors on Sunday, you're not coming, oh, we're just going to church. You're coming with an attitude of, I'm expecting greater today in service than we had last Sunday in service. We've had some awesome services. There's services, uh, specific services that I look back on at, since I've been pastoring here. And it's like, man, them were awesome. But you know what? I don't want any more of those. I want greater than what those were. I want bigger and better than what those were. Why? Because I know that my God is bigger and better than anything I've already experienced. But it's your choice to take the limits off or, or leave them on. You can stay where you are or you can say, you know what? I'm not going to stay here. My God is limitless and I know He has greater in store for me. Expect more. Anticipate greater things. If you read Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God wants to remind you this morning, there's nothing he cannot do. God asked Moses a question, and I believe it's a question he's asking of, of each of us today. What did he say to Moses? He says, is there any limit to my power? Is there any limit to my power? And then to Jeremiah, he asked, is anything too hard for me? I want to ask you this morning, for those that said you have something in your life that's impossible, I want you to ask yourself, is anything too hard for God? God is bigger than depression. God is bigger than any physical problem that you're facing. God is bigger than any relationship problem you may be facing. God is bigger than fear. God is bigger than anxiety. God is bigger than your financial situation that you feel like you're in right now. God is, God is bigger than what you need. He's bigger. And the answer to those questions will determine the size of your prayers. Are you praying simple prayers because you know those are, yeah, those are things that God can answer? 
Because if you are, I'm not saying little prayers are wrong, but I think it's time you take the limits off your prayers and pray for things that you never think would ever even happen. So how big is your God? I'm going to tell you a little bit right now. He can open the sea, stop any river, stop the sun in its tracks. He can raise the dead. He can heal any sickness. Make the crippled person walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and make the mute speak. There's no power on earth and no demon in hell that can stop the work that God wants to do. Or that can keep him from doing what he wants to do. If God wants to do it, he will do it. There's no person so deep in the pit of sin that God can't lift them out of it. And I will believe that until the day of his return. In my book and in the word of God, if there's breath in their lungs, there's hope. Never stop. Never stop praying. Why? Because when God shows up, something great always happens. Always. He leaves his mark on every turn. He's bigger than any problem, bigger than any sickness, bigger than any fear, bigger than any heartache, and He's bigger than any challenge you might be facing today. He's bigger than the prayer that you could put on your prayer list. He's the same all-powerful, limitless God who delights in blessing His people. There's nothing too much or too big to ask for there's nothing he cannot do he has always done and is still doing the unexpected so don't limit God because God can do it and I'm going to go a step further and believe in faith for you not that just he can do it but he will do it in Jesus mighty name